Blog Talk Radio. I've always felt different. I've always seen things, but when I tried to express them as a child, I was always told to ignore it. There were people that I didn't know that came to me and said, I have this message that I keep getting that I have to deliver to you. All of a sudden, out of the shadows, a homeless man just jumped right in front of me, and he said, I'm a soul just like you. I love it. I wanted to understand the universe and who and what we are and what are we doing here. We're all part of this amazing soul wave tapping into each other. This was a major life changer. You are a light. You have helped me a ton. Thank you. You've given me the courage to live more from my soul. Millions of people are awakening. So wake up with Michelle Miche. Be pleased to hear the best-selling authors and experts in the fields of cutting-edge self-help, personal growth, metaphysics, and spirituality. The soul path of awakening. Understand what living awake is. Hello, everyone. Are you awake? Are you awakening? And are you wanting to know about spiritual awakening and soul alignment? Well, if so, you've come to the right place. You've dialed in to Awakenings with Michelle Mache, and we've got a great guest today coming on, so you want to stay around for the whole show. The first half of the program, we do readings, call in, we have listeners call in. Uh, we've got our chat room, the Sacred Space of Empowerment room, that have great beings in that room, a lot of good insight. Um, they're my co-hosts, cohorts, co-pilots, and uh, they let me know how my sound is doing as well. If you do have a question or a comment, um, you'd like to call in even just to say, hey, that number is uh, 347-539-5122. That's 347-539-5122. And press 1 on your keypad. Second half of the program is our awakening guest. And today we have the astrologer and metaphysician and uh, creator, founder, and uh, president of uh, um, Aquarian uh, Insights. So you want to connect in uh, with Robert Wilkinson. Many of you know him um, from his amazing, amazing um, blog posts, and he's been on the program before. So it's always great when we have him on uh, Aquarius Papers. I meant to say his insights from Aquarius Papers. So I've been tuning in a bit, had a great conversation with a friend earlier today about these energies, and I'm sure Robert is going to uh, dive in to it as we are in this Aquarius age, at least on the foyer of it, right? And so we'll be getting insights from him. If you want to check him out, AquariusPapers.com, you can do that. Um, So a lot of confusion, um, and I'm going to, in fact, in the chat, people are saying it's crazy. So ready for astrology talk. Yay, excited for Robert and a lot of craziness going on. This is going to be great. Yeah, perfect timing um, with him. If you're new to the program, welcome. And first half, like I said, we tune in. Second half, we have amazing guests. And Robert is not just a guest. He's friend, family, part of the Awakenings community. And he's always a wealth of insight and information. So, yes, a lot of people feeling things or seeing things internationally, nationally, I'm sure you're seeing things within your community, groups, a lot of group activity being, you know, hit, things happening um, in series or succession. You're, you're probably hearing a lot of the same things going on, whether within your life, your family, friends, community, or online. 
And so that is this major purge for this new cycle that we're in, a 20-year new cycle. So it's good, and you saw a lot of you held back. So I want to tap into a couple of email questions I got, and I will be getting to callers. We will be getting into readings. Uh, again, that number is 347-539-5122. You can also ask questions in the chat as well. So I want to get to one of the uh, email questions I had. Um, and by the way, anybody that has email questions, you can always email me at awakeningspodcast at gmail.com. Um, or check out my blog, soulplayground.life, as well, for more resources. And I had quite, you know, I'd, I'd look at quite a few emails and see, well, you know, or, or on social media, whether on Instagram or Facebook, what are the questions? And a lot of the questions and concerns were, I'm feeling confused, or I don't know what to do, or I feel really held back. And I want to remind people, you know, and those of you that listen to the show regularly, you heard me talk about this a few years ago, that last year and this year, specifically, we're in this huge turning point where a lot of things that are generated or made out of wounding or ego level, especially for those that are living more awake, aware, more consciously on a path, or you find yourself on a path, maybe not yet consciously, and you're like, ooh, what's going on with my life? What's going on with me? We're being held back so that our creations and our focus is more coming through the higher self to the soul. It's more on a soul level and less coming from wounding. And I just ask everyone an amazingly just wonderful common sense question or perspective is we know there's changes that are happening. I mean, you can look through history. You can look what the changes are now that are coming through that, that are going to happen collectively. These changes, yes, they look like they happen in groups or the mainstream, but what comprises groups are individuals. So it is as all of us individually are changing, living, you know, changing our relating pattern, living more from the soul, living more authentically, openly, vulnerably, more empathetically, connecting more telepathically, more intuitively, more psychically, basically living more and more from the soul and less and less from the egoic and less and less from fear, which is natural and normal, that instinctual brain, right, that medulla oblongata, you know, combo with the limbic over emotions. As we're doing that, there is this accumulation of energy. There's an aggregation. You know, there's an aggreg- aggregating of the energy. It's, it's a swell, right? I don't know the number. No one does. But there's a, there's a certain energy, a tipping point. Something happens that then it becomes generated more and more in individuals, families, groups, and then into society, into the mainstream, right? Then it becomes more, then it becomes encoded genetically, energetically. So that's where we're at. So the confusion is saying, go deeper, dive deeper, go within, what, you know, get the clarity. Because the part of us that's confused or feels held back is the, the ego, is the human part. And so since we're to be making decisions that are based more intuitively, more by being guided by our soul, our true, our true self, true nature through the higher self, we're, it's almost like our own fail-safe, our own stop system, kind of universally, or from the God is, the, you know, the I am center is coming through more, and it's stopping things. So even if it's humanly things feel fearful whether it's relationship or money or career or where do i live what do i do the higher self knows there's a bigger vision and knows whatever you have in that moment is just enough 
it's enough to not get you to go back to the old pattern, but to get you to you're really moving forward, but it it's it's moving deeper. It's moving deeper in the beginning, right? It's um the <laughs> Forward, it, deeper is the new forward. How's that? Deeper is the new forward. So the deepening is so that you're living much more spirit-connected, more spirit-led. You're Again, you're much less in the egoic realm, and that's what this is all about. It's getting less. Not that the ego is bad, but the ego, and, and my understanding from my guides, at some point we won't need that functioning. It's it's very beautiful, perfect. It's our friend. It's all, it's every you know. It's part of our, our psychology. You know, it's it's part of how we function uh, in society. You know, individually and in society. Um, but it is also the house or the template of the wounding and of the old idea of original separation. That separation from source, separation from God, separation from each other, us versus them. And so we've gone as far as we can in that paradigm, in that realm. So the confusion in your life is is you're bumping up against the old and the new, the old paradigm, the old formatting that you had, you know. So there's a lot of up-leveling, up-leveling of our inner software, our organs, our muscles, our tissue, our, our heart, our brain. A lot of people are having, you know, illnesses or conditions or animal beings are going through this. Not that it, that doesn't happen and that's a natural aspect of life on the earth plane, However, it's if you look, it's more the the numbers and the types of conditions and situations. I do have on my blog, and you could do a search of it. Um, I go into like the vibrationally, the, what the, some of the numbers mean, especially some of the activation numbers, the adjustment numbers, the galactic uh, adjusting numbers, like eleven eleven or one eleven or twelve twelve. But I also go into signs and symptoms, and I think it's called that. You can just put in a search, signs of symptoms of awakening or of ascension. And I go, there's physical, mental, and emotional. Um, and, and so that might be, for some of you that are going through this right now, either going through more intense or extreme version or second or third round up-leveling, right? You know, 1.0, 2.0, your 3.0, 4.0. Maybe have a reread. And also do the alignment or focus meditation. That will help. So it helps you learn how to, at will and more and more consistently, connect into your higher self. Right. So that may be helpful for you right now, as well as more meditation or yin yoga, things that you can really slow down. Uh, you know, and with physical movement, that you're moving, but then you're able to maybe think or pose a question. And then go into the movement. Could be certain types of dancing, whirling, biking, cycling, running. If it's not fat, you don't want to be tuning out. You actually want to be tuning in. So if it's Pilates or you know like a, a Yin yoga or yoga where you're really holding or just stretching where you're holding with the breath, it's the question is put there, the contemplation, the, the, the contemplation meditation, and then moving in you know, bringing the mind into the body and moving through, letting the energies move through whatever feels stuck or held back. And then out of that movement clears the space for there to be some clarity or insight or some, some answers, if you will. It's not going to come from rationalizing or trying to figure out or think because it, this is such on a soul. Not that we weren't living from the soul, many, you know, very soul-connected, 
but there was this two-step process. This is more where this aspect of this part of you is, is leading. And so we don't have the formatting yet for that. The ego's like, what do I do? Where do I go? I need to do this. I need to make a list. I need to go here. I need to do that. You know, and it's like, no, not until you get the message of what to do. I was talking to a client the other day, and she's really starting to live this way. And she said, she's not doing to-do lists anymore. She said uh, she just got this message of who to reach out to. I think it was through email. And um, it was some producer. There's something. She's in the TV film world. And it was the perfect connection. And she said, you know, why then? She hadn't talked to this person a very long time, you know, just very surfacely, but now she threw it out in regards to one of her projects. So it's that kind of knowing or clarity it's it's a split second. It's like even when we've been in tragedy, I know I've been in, you know, tragic situations or really, you know, urgent, intense emergence, not a lot, but I've had a few. And those of you that have been, even a car accident, right time seems to slow down. You can say, well, it happened so quickly. But then when you recall, there was like this space where it's like almost time is frozen, right? There's like this more space, like you see something, especially – you know, one time when my car was, uh, somebody hit my car from behind, and I saw it coming. It was fast, but yet it, was, it happened quickly. There was nothing I could do, but it seemed to happen slowly, so I saw everything. This is why things like hypnotherapy really work, because when we get in that, uh, that state, that natural occurring state, we remember a lot, all the sense, sensations, the feelings. It's all recorded and kept there subconsciously. So I think there's like a window, maybe a little portal that happens in an emergency. Um, you know, you jump out of out of the way of a, a car. It's, it happens fast, but yet there's something that slows down at the same time, right? And, and then you just you just respond. You're responding to something deep within you. Some some people say guardian angel. Something intervenes, right? You get a you get a you get a met. There's something that comes in. But in that coming in, there's a slowing down or there's an opening, okay, maybe a portal into higher dimensional information or understanding. So that aspect that we touch into is, many of you are noticing, is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. You're feeling it more. You're tapping into it more. You're learning how to navigate from that place more. And it does um, it does take practice, <laughs> yeah, right? It takes practice to do because it's we're used to we've been taught to figure things out to analyze, which is fun and is great. I mean, that's you know a very important part of this planetary experience and existence. But when we use it for problem solving doesn't really work you know the analyzing and i was telling someone the other day i said you know i call einstein thinking carl jung was the you know this is where the synchronicity comes in the synergy um einstein did this you know did the equations figured things out and then would take a nap or go for a walk or meditate or just daydream stare out at the sky at the moon right so it's the setting up the question it's posing it much like a computer does, right, in processing. And then something happens in the back end, and, you know, there it is. I just typed an emoji in the chat room. Well, 
that little how does that happen of course we have programmers that know that but we so in a way the higher self the soul is the great programmer it's got the program it understands the code and in many ways we're all learning to live more and more by the code to tap into the code to decode to get to get the code you know we're we're decoding from the, the past and so there, it brings a lot of confusion. Out of confusion comes clarity and new order. So there's a chaos. We're more in the randomness of things you see in the universe, you know, in the world. In some level, they say that every, it's not, not really random, that there, there's all this um, structure and pattern. Everything is pattern. But perhaps what we call random or, or chaos it's when the energy is shifting, just like a gear shift. There's holes, there's pockets, there's something in between. And see, the ego level of us is not formatted to know that or understand that. It, it can't computate. It's, it's not a computation. You know, it's like the negative space. There's not a computation for what's held in there. Because what we see in the negative space or the void depends on your level of consciousness and awareness. Some people see a lot in that negative state. They see the possibilities. They see the spirits, right? They, they, they see their loved ones. They see energetically, you know, or they see the energy of it, the subtle energy. They see the energy, not only the, the tree as a denser physical form, but the energy that comprises the tree. So it just depends on sensitivity. It depends on the level of awareness that we're operating on, that what we see. Many times when we're going through a lot of change in our life, we, we feel and see the unknown, right? But we don't see the possibilities in the unknown. Hey, thank you, Tammy, in the chat. Thank you how you're explaining this. Yeah, so we're living more this way. You know, we're living more in the unknown, but it's really known. Right? It's really known. Everything is so much pattern. And so you can look at it as, uh, you know, uh, weather patterns, you know, patterns within the stock market, which, by the way, is ruled on emotion. So we see where things are going by the energy in motion, by the energy of the situation. Right? If I'm walking down a street and I look and there's a certain group of people, I can look and go, oh, what's that energy? Oh, a little scary. Or I can walk down the street and it's a different, and I can, oh, wow, look at those people, what they're doing. Hey, hi, how are you? You know what I'm saying? We pick up on the, the individual but also the aggregate energy, and that's what's really important right now is what is the, what energy are you feeding into in your own life? What are you drawing in will tell you what is the aggregate of the energy that's going to start determining your situation or your circumstances because the soul is based on resonance coherence resonance harmonization just enough dissonance for growth to keep it kind of interesting but too much dissonance is not within the soul alignment that's coming from Separation, separating out, wounding, and a focus on, I want to say, over fear. Because fear is a natural human emotion. So you're, we're learning how to better navigate through reading the energy patterns of what's happening in our life. 
right? So maybe you're talking to a lot of people, oh, I'm exhausted, or I'm having a lot of dreams, or I'm going through this, I'm going through that. That's showing you where you're going. And then, oh, I'm breaking through, I just got this, or I stuck with it, it's been really hard, but now I, I, I know what I'm doing, or this opening happened, or I stuck with it, I did my meditation, and now that job I wanted came. You know, I've really been... So listen, listen, and more importantly, feel what is the aggregate of energy? What is the composite of the energy that you're experiencing that's coming towards you, that you're witnessing, that you're hearing and witnessing through the people around you? That is, that's the pattern. Don't try to fight that. See, a lot of times people, oh, I don't want that. Uh-oh. You know, a lot of people have been around ill. Now, it doesn't have to be, oh, now you're going to get ill. It's always bigger. It's if, even if it's even if a lot of people around you are moving, let's say, and you're not wanting to move or you're not ready to move, that movement is, is signaling something. It's what is it signaling to you? Is it a new perspective? Is it is it moving awareness? Is it moving things out of your house? Getting rid of things? So we have to think bigger. We have to think more like the subconscious mind, which is through you know symbolism, um, metaphor, which is through digging deeper. Like, just because I see somebody get a new car, and I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, all my friends, let's say, are getting new cars, everyone I know. And it's like, well, I don't want a new car. I like my car. Well, it's not saying get a new car, but what does that represent to you? So you have to be more involved in your life right now. It's this inquiry, this self-inquiry between the little self and the higher self. What does this mean? What does this dream mean? Which, by the way, James, part of our fam, um, he's always got great questions had two dreams, and I want to touch on that because that, and then we will, uh, Robert will be coming on the program. So, hi, M.M., he says, so, so two dreams on separate nights. These dreams were really pressed upon me in my sleep, as in, enough already, I got it. Well, we're all getting a little bit of that, too, a little bit of their old eraser, the little rub, rub. Did you get it? Did you get it? Here it is one more time, one more time. First, there's a little switch comprising two DNA strands within the limbic region of the brain that are switched on to make the human body receptive to enlightenment or spirit and is responsible for upgrading. Love it. Well, yes, because in the Aquarian age, and that's why earlier in the program I said Aquarian insights, and of course Robert's Aquarius papers, uh, it is more mental. Aquarius is more mental more detached emotionally it feels emotionally but if you ever see the star card in the tarot which is is ruled or represented by aquarius it's dipping in the water but not jumping totally in the water water representing emotions it's being emotional or connected to one's emotions but not overly emotional not emotionalism right so things like codependency you know all these other things personality disorder eventually all this stuff is toxic is going to drop off the clinging, you know, again, it's not about cutting off and separating out. That's the unhealthy aspect of Aquarius. It's about bonding and engaging, but allowing, again, that space and being able to analyze or think, think things through. So, yes, that, that region of the brain needs to be up-leveled or updated, not to cut off, but not to be overly emotional, you know. And again, so that that can also mean that there's, you know, biochemical hormonal changes. Supplements are really important at this time. You know, GABA, uh, neurotransmitter, you know, things 
that naturally enhance uh, b- balancing of hormones because they're everything, especially thyroid, you know, adrenal glands, the glands. And the it says we're shifting neural, creating new neural pathways, you know, letting some go through this repetition. It changes the neurological biochemical component of us. You know, when we're more joyful, when we handle fear better and stress better, we obviously have more serotonin and more dopamine. And people that have in our system and people that have more of those, uh, you know, happy happies, um, do better more even, you know. And so how we're managing stress so that it doesn't become distress, so it becomes eustress, eustress, which is healthy, normal stress, that motivates us. In other words, if I sit up from my chair, there, I'm putting stress on the body to have this upward motion. But too much stress debilitates us. It innervates the nervous system. So we're finding where is that for us individually and changing the mindset through contemplation, meditation, analyzing what's going on and coming to certain conclusions so that we change the way we relate to ourselves, the world, and people. We're literally not only changing beliefs, but how we relate. Second dream, there needs or will be a new grade or school for developing people on earth. People are or will be upgrading into low-level angels whilst in their bodies. I saw a person with a blue patch on their heart area and understood that he was a level four angel, which is the lowest rung. Okay, so interesting. So I would say how, you know, those listening, if this, you know, resonates to you, James, for you, how this resonates, uh, you know, the blue on the heart, to me, that's healing, that's heart healing. Blue brings peace and calm. It's also that indigo energy which brings in the awareness of the other, of more group awareness or group consciousness. I think many of us are already earth angels. I mean, we're so, those that are so connected in body to the spirit realm and are, and we're guardian angels to each other. I mean, look at what I'm going through. Many of you know what I'm going through when my little fur baby Yoshi um, my little Pekingese, and I've just had so wonderful support. But also, what has really helped all of a sudden, and I've you know, and by the way, those of you that follow me on YouTube, I'm getting back. You know, I have not been as consistent in a couple months, just because I've had extra uh, attention and focus, not only mental, emotional, and physical. You know, with my sleep pattern being changed to, to help her and handle stuff. Uh, she had a surgery for her tooth, you know, abscess, had teeth removed. Had to go to a cardiologist. To, you know, there's just been a lot of stuff. So um, certain things I had to put on hold a little bit. But what really has helped, prayers, healing energy, I know that has definitely helped. The healing energy, the Reiki people have been sending, it's helped her a lot, it helped me. But also these shared stories from friends, clients, people all of a sudden didn't, didn't tell me before, and some people on social media, oh, I went through that with my dog, or my parents' dog is 15 or 17, is going through this, you know, has to lift them up, has a sling, can't walk, all this stuff. Um, I had lunch with a friend of mine last, uh, a couple of days, Monday, while she was in surgery, and um, he was explaining what his sister was going through. And so these anecdotal stories, these sharings have given me such hope, peace, solace, and just like, okay, you know, it, 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 this is a natural occurrence. This is fine. You know, this is 
you know, it is what it is. And just that the energy of that sharing has been so positive and helpful. That's what I'm saying to all of you basically in my sharing is how can you connect? That's the upgrading. That's the, the interconnectedness. It, tapping into that principle of love, that universal principle, is, you know, so much of what is needed. Um, even some of you saw my post, uh, you know, the picture of me crying and talking about grief and, you know, that I've gone through things and, you know, how this is natural and human and, you know, what I what I shared was more about just showing that. I, pro- I may or may not do that again or show that again. It's, it, it's not about having to post, oh, I'm going through this or this happened to me or that happened to me. It's just opening that door, having that placeholder, like, okay, this is part of it too. Smiley, smiley, joy and happy is very fine. Um, and it's possible to have grief and it's possible to be very sad or traumatized and still have a connection to your soul and heart and feel joy, feel basically okay or it's going to be okay, even if you feel like in the moment that it's not, right? And that's our spiritual connection. That's being connected to our center. But it is more about allowing that reflection to be in our awareness as something natural, something normal to the human existence and experience and something natural that the soul is experiencing, something natural that we all go through and holding that space for yourself, first and foremost, that self-compassion and for each other. So let's see if we can get to a caller here and then we're going to have Robert on the line. Hello and welcome to Awakenings. You're on air. Hello, hello. Hello, you're on air. Okay, I'll come back because we just have a few minutes here for a second. Uh, hello and welcome to the program. You're on air. Hi, thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, do you? This is my first time calling. Sorry. Do you give astrology readings or how does it work? Whatever you want. Well, what's your question? Yeah, whatever you want. When our guest comes on, which Robert, he takes the rest of the hour, so I'm just getting in a couple quick uh, questions. Um, just, you know, open the channel. Um, he will not because he gives so much information that, uh, you know, you get a lot and then you just want to re-listen, re-listen. So did you have a question? So you- yeah, well, I just wanted um, <clears throat> to look at like my chart or transits, and um, I don't know if you're saying that that's you or your your. Okay, well, I can do that, but to look at a chart or a transit is is that's too involved for you know a, a, a mini reading, a little. Um, why don't you just stick around, stay on, stay online? I'm sure some of your questions will be answered. Um, Robert also does, you know, charts or astrology reading. But to look individually at transits is is going to take uh, too long. And so questions we kind of keep, um, you know, pretty general. So what's your first name? Camilla. Camilla. Okay, just hold on. Hello and welcome to the program. You're on air. Hello, hello. Okay, let's see if Robert is hello. coming on. Hello. Yeah, you're on air. Oh, hi. Hi, Michelle. It's Tammy. Hi. Hey, hi. Tammy. Hi. How are you? How are you? 
I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. Um, I have a question about my soul path, and if you see it coming anytime soon, as far as leaving my old job and going into that. Well, you're on your soul path. I mean, if you have awareness, you've moved from a life path to connecting more to your soul, right? So, right. yeah, you're so perhaps the questions you're wanting to have more movement. And I think that's something that Robert is going to be able to address with a lot of people right now because the aspects have been holding, you know, the, the energies, however you want to look at them, numerically, numerology, you know, psychic trend, astrology, there is this holding back, like I said before, to not make kind of mistakes or boo-boos or create something, even if it's not a mistake or a boo-boo, creating it from the um, more of the egoic level, you know, the, the, the para- we're in the paradigm shift, you know, where it, the, the gears have been shifting and we're feeling that shift, you know. So I would say if it's a timing issue, probably what I've been getting intuitively and, and I you know, and Robert can speak to this more, is probably a bit of a little a pe- little reprieve in August, but really fall, winter, from the tw- September 21st on September, October, and down and through the end of the year. Um, and again, this is where, you know, an astrologer, if you're, if you're tracking it that way, can help with the transits, like Camilla said, what are the, you know, transits, but you want to look at that individually. It, it's good to look collectively at the transits, but then how does it affect you? It, 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 it's very, you know, your own individual aspect, and the house is huge. Where, where is it being affected? So not just collectively or individually. But I would say for you, just tuning into your energy pattern as I talk, I'm sensing your major moves are September, probably for you end of September, October. So it becomes what do we do, you know, to assist that or while we're, you know, the ego part of us is waiting. Um, but stay mm-hmm. on the line, Tammy. Stay on the line. Connect in. We're going to get to uh, Robert, and he's going to be di- great. He's going to be diving in. And um, uh, next week I will resume with doing re- readings for longer half of the program. It's just Robert has so much information and insight and can give us some tangible go-tos, uh, you know, astrologically. So, all right, sweetie, um, good to connect with you, and uh, just stay on the line, uh, and we're going to be bringing Robert on. Okay, take care. Okay, thank you. You're so welcome. Yeah, we always get a lot of emails. Oh, I can't call in. I, my question, I had a question, but it got answered. So here we are. So many of you know Robert, as I was saying, the beginning of the program from Aquarius Papers, AquariusPapers.com, amazing astrologer, uh, spiritualist, metaphysician, and author as well, and a wealth of wisdom and insight. Welcome to the program, Robert. Well, hello. Glad hello, to, Robert. Uh, glad to be here. Yeah. Hello. Kind of a little. I'm here. Can you hear me? Kind of a scrambly yeah, yeah, energy, right? Great. Well, as yeah. usual, a lot of what you were saying dovetails exactly into what we're going to discuss today. Because, like, for example, you know, I always listen in to what people are asking you. And, yes, confusion is of the ego because the soul is never confused. The thing is, is ego can only be confused in its response to a reality. 
In other words, it, it's confused. Okay. It doesn't get confused by this and that. Just it is confused because it doesn't know it clarity in certain circumstances. And that circumstance okay. all year has been Jupiter square Neptune. If there's been uh, any sense of drifting, any sense of needless detachment or feeling like we're in a fog, we don't know what to do, we don't know where we're going, it's, Jupiter, it's exactly. our response to Jupiter square Neptune. And the thing is, sometimes the atmosphere is easier to get. Other times you have what we have this year and last year, next year, which is the second iteration of the grand irrationality coupled with what I've written on my site about that I call the rhombus diamond, which is a cutting and grinding and polishing type of energy as a result of a constant Uranus semi-square Neptune. We're all dealing with that. And you could see how when the awakener oh, okay. is in a hard-edged angle with the collective atmosphere, it's like we're being shaken awake. And it seems like yeah. every time that we try to drift, we wind up running into, a, into some grinding wheel. And it's because, as with stones, we come from a rough state into a polished state. We have to really become shaped as a result of our worldly okay. experience, so we can let the crest jewel of discrimination, the diamond self, come shining through. And the fear comes from the uncertainty. And with Jupiter square Neptune and Jupiter sesquisquare Uranus and Uranus semi-square Neptune, there could be quite a bit of fear as a result of that uncertainty. Now, the thing is, right. I do... I do believe that you know, we are here to train the ego, the body, feelings, and mind to become integrated okay. so we can be adequate vehicles for our higher self. And so the more we understand the body and the feelings and the mind, this gets into your hormonal stuff and what, what we're eating and you know how we relate our feelings to our body and our mind to what we're feeling in other words, how we understand the vehicles and the, the way that we work with it from a higher angle, the greater our equilibrium. And this is where mm. meditation and Tai Chi and Qigong help us to connect to the magnetic field. That's when we feel strong. Mm. That's when we're kind of out of our own way and we are one with the electromagnetic field of all of life on this planet. So this is where the more we can do our meditations, whether physical meditation, walking meditation, sitting meditation, you know, chopping food meditation, whatever meditations we want to do, and there's many ways to meditate, you know, just get out of your right. own way and be here now in the eternal as a spirit having material human experiences. You know, learn detachment and dispassion and divine discrimination and how to generate positivity so we can master the sources of suffering and get a grip on our fears and our need for strong sensations and the desires which are inappropriate to our path and especially any sense of vanity, even especially spiritual vanity, since that is an attachment to an illusion of the separate self. So we really it's now, Robert. Question. Let me ask you: the aspect to Neptune is that what's causing, like, I guess it could happen two ways for myself as well as other people. I've noticed, like, 
people not wanting to eat certain foods or um, or drink. They're wanting to more do more, you know, anything that is like too distracting. Um, more wanting to dive more into their spiritual aspect or get their answers from there. It, it seems like there's also in this confusion and fog and haze and being held back, it also seems to be pushing or nudging or pointing more to the spiritual uh, aspect. What you're talking about is the Jupiter square Neptune because Jupiter's in Sagittarius. Jupiter rules mm-hmm. Sagittarius and Pisces. It rules openings and higher truths and greater life adventures and greater spiritual understanding. But it also rules that part of us that needs to achieve closure through compassion and forgiveness oh, okay. and the ability to let things flow when it's time to flow. And that's where I think most people confuse what we're dealing with because we have divine law and we have divine grace. You can't really have both at the same time. If you're under the law, then you're bound to the cause and effect. If you're under grace, then you can't worry about what's right and what's wrong and what's fair and what's unfair. And most people do not have that type of radical forgiveness that creates the inner space that allows the grace to come in. Okay, so we're dealing here really with spiritual tools. And yes, a square can lead to a lot of grinding and friction. A square can also Mm -hmm. be putting the brakes on something and turning the corner on something. And in this case, the widespread fear and confusion indicated by Neptune and Pisces, it's a really good time for people who have a good grip on their Jupiter in Sagittarius response. Right. to, in fact, ah. expand spiritually by turning away from the Neptunian stuff. See, the planets don't make us do anything, but they do indicate, they symbolize a field of energies. It's, uh, it's we who respond to those energies, and either we respond in ways that help us uh, integrate and create, uh, generate the, the uh, solutions to the suffering and the confusion, or we fall prey to that if we don't have the spiritual tools. And that's why, mm-hmm. as I said, what you were talking about really is all about understanding that, for example, sometimes we might be thrown into terrible, terrible feelings, but it might not be ours. We might just be picking up on how miserable the suffering actually is. And that at that point, then, if we can remember, there's nothing wrong with us for going into Mm -hmm. that sort of uh, navigating the grief world to bring compassion and forgiveness and love and light and acceptance in the world where those people dwell. Again, it's one of those things that I believe... Every single thing we go through helps us come to wisdom, and once we come to it, then we are here to serve others who go through that same thing. And that's why, Mm -hmm. you know, again, I think I want to finish this part by reminding everybody that each difficulty we go through shows how highly the lords of karma think of us because we're accelerating our growth with each trouble we overcome. 
So to come out of confusion into clarity, that's a wonderful thing because it shows that we are less prone to fall into confusion the next time. To come away from fear, we face our fear and it will cease to trouble us. We change that pattern and we can live without fear. We can live without strong, you know, inappropriate desires pulling us places where we just don't need to go. And even there... The trick when we do feel pulled by what we know are inappropriate thoughts or desires, don't feed the beast. Detach. Mm -hmm. Think something differently Mm -hmm. and better and higher. Feel something Mm -hmm. better and different and higher. We don't have to keep going back over old material that we already know how to be. Then the only thing is how can we become best at being the voice of the love and the wisdom and the divine intelligence when we find ourselves with somebody else who is suffering or in fear or having confusion or a problem. And that's all we have Mm -hmm. to do is we learn when we learn and we offer what we can when we can. And nobody's keeping score. It's just a question of how much goodwill and positivity can we generate while we're here. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, all of the conditional stuff drops away, and what we're left with is our divine body of our loving, wise intelligence. And we, since we're there all the time anyway, the more we understand it and the more we practice it and the more we live that love we are in the world, the less we're going to fall into the traps of ego, But we can't be Pollyannas about it. We have to really face some of the stuff we need to face so we can find courage and strength and wisdom, you know, the power to stand and face the storm without fear. It doesn't come without facing the storm. And so as a result, I mean, I think a lot of times People, they they pass like, you know, spirituality 101, 102, and maybe 201 and 202, but they don't understand. This thing is in that the higher we are, the higher we can go. The more we can be, the lighter we are. They want to see an end, they want to see a result or an end. They're shocked, like, oh, why why is this? Now I'm doing this. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that, that it's not just a one time, you know. Drive through. It, this is it's circular. It's it's continuous. I remember reading in a in a legit source a long time ago that the angels have a pathway of perfection, and once they get to perfection, they remain perfect in that way for all time. But human beings mm. are on a different path. We don't find perfection. Mm. We have infinite growth infinite exploration, infinite possibilities. And it all just goes on and on forever. We only become more aware, not less aware. I mean, we can believe that we are falling into a state of not awareness, but if not in the next life, then the one after it, you're going to be put through the changes that are going to help you reawaken to your true self, and you're going to pick right back up to wherever it was that you laid it down. And and I know that for a fact. So it's like no effort goes unrewarded, no effort goes wasted. Even when we get it wrong, it's just going to help us get it right the next time or the next time or the next time. 
that, okay, we fall short of saying the right thing this time. We're going to say the right thing the next time if we get out of our own way, if we stop fearing how to be or what to do or what to say. I mean, I can remember the first time I ever used the word soul in a counseling session, Mm. and I immediately felt embarrassed. I thought, oh, who am Mm. I to say Mm. that? Oh, who am I to use that word? And I realized Mm -hmm. that's the ego wanting to kind of shame me away from living as a full-throated soul in the here and now. Because once we overcome that, oh, my God, what are they going to think of me? Then we realize we're just Mm -hmm. speaking our truth. And we're being very Mm -hmm. natural and loving and kind and because that is our original state. We learn all the other negative responses in our family and cultural matrix because, look, the baby comes in. We may have a chart that shows all of our potential and everything we have to learn, but a baby doesn't come in racist. A baby doesn't come in fearing anything except heights and loud noises. Everything else is learned. And so Mm -hmm. the deal is, though, we need – I mean, everything we learn conforms to everything we've ever been in every other lifetime. But it's here and now where we can step outside the family and cultural matrix. I talk about this in my Saturn book, that there are crucial moments. And it's Saturn, it's wisdom, it's our spiritual master, it's our spiritual friend within us and those things outside of us that force us to be a spiritual adult. Once we're there, we're not children anymore. We're not beggars We're not afraid. We're not wondering if we're doing and saying the right thing. We're not wondering if we're on the right path. We are joyously living our path. Now, Mm. let's get to whatever it was we were (laughs) going to talk about. Yeah, the aspect. Well, yes, because you talk about, um, and I really want to dive into this because you you really get into the aspects of this. Uh, you talk about a couple of things, the compressing, the, the planetary, you know, compressing in the conjunction in early uh, Virgo. But I want to dive into that, but also how you talk about there's these destiny-producing aspects, and as we're coming into this, as you call it, the grand mutation. And, and I know we're coming into this evolutionary new 20-year cycle. You know, there's this evolutionary leap. Um, yes, if we can dive into that. Okay. Well, it's not just a 20-year cycle we're moving into. We're Ah. moving into a 200-year evolutionary leap. We're moving out of 200 years of Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions in Earth signs, and we're moving into 200 years of Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions in air signs. And there's a certain um, sequence. I'm not going to explain it here because that would chew up a lot of time. But this is huge. Okay. This, this is big because these elements dominate centuries. So, for example, the 19th and 20th centuries were dominated by Earth, the, the phenomenal materialism, the rape of the Earth, the, the exploitation, right. the, the brutality of the materiality of the last 200 years is going to give way to the air, the ideas, the ideals, the relatedness, the interconnectedness. See, fire dominated the 16th and 17th, or, uh, 17th and 18th century. 
And that was the those were the centuries oh. of ideas and the enlightenment and, and that fiery right. energy, the Promethean energy that people wanted to break through in, in into a world of the individual where no person is above the law, you know, the, the inspired brightness of truth. And then we moved into the materiality. Well, now we're moving out of the materiality. And I think it's pretty cool that the uh, conjunction coming is in Aquarius because I think that that will usher in 20 years of a bridge that sets the social and cultural structural patterns, Jupiter and Saturn and Aquarius, for the Aquarian age, which we're in the bridge zone right now because the bridge zone is over 200 years. We're already, you know, one foot in the Pisces world and one foot in the Aquarian world. And we can see mm-hmm. that because we're still stuck in a world of superstitious belief systems and we're in a yeah. world where you can use lasers to bring eyesight to the blind. I mean, right. seriously, this is very strange sort of overlap between the great ages. But before that, let's get back into what's coming because I want to give the okay. listeners something practical. And so, yes, we have a whole bunch of inner planets right now in Leo, and they're all moving into Virgo, and there's going to be lots of conjunctions in late August in Virgo, Venus and the Sun at 5 Virgo, Sun and Mars at 10 Virgo, Mercury and Mars at 11 Virgo, the Mercury Superior conjunction with the Sun at 12 Virgo, and finally Mercury's going to catch up and conjunct Venus at 30 Virgo which is interesting because that's the degree of the escape from the narrow destiny. And there were multiple conjunctions and action going on around 30 Virgo back in August and September of 2016. And people can go back and think about that. That summer was when a lot of us left an old destiny behind, that we had to concentrate and make a leap and move into a new world and a new ideal. And it's why, see, the thing is, is the Mayan calendar, that one that came to an end, is only one of many, but one came to an end in late 2012, what most people don't understand is that there were other events that went on that really did matter. I mean, we began to have more access to a global feeling knowing rather than just a rational mind knowing. And this led mm-hmm. directly in 2013 to a series of grand water trines in the summer, which cemented our feeling knowing, both intuitive, gut feeling, uh, hunches, you name it, whether it's working in the Cancer, Scorpio, or Pisces realm, whether it's working through the astral plane or the true intuition of the heart. We've all been using more of our feeling knowing in the last six years. That's true. And that's why we had to break away from some stuff in the summer of 2016. We just had to. It was just Mm -hmm. time because it was too narrow. And we can't put new wine into old wineskins. We can't fit a new life into an old ego structure. And that which does not grow dies, which is why it's always good to welcome opportunities of growth. So then now the next uh, few weeks, and you know, these conjunctions, it's all going to compress wherever we have early Virgo in our charts. So expect a crowded house. And then over the Mm -hmm. next few weeks, uh, especially like in late August, uh, uh, some of these planets make biceptiles to Jupiter. And the septile series are destiny producing. They represent divine force in the road where you have to choose. 
and things may not make much sense, but we have to choose. Well, this is going oh, I to love affect ah, everybody with great. planets like 29 Leo through 3 Virgo, 13 to 17 Sag, 25 to 29 Pisces, uh, 21 to 25 Libra, 4 to 8 Aquarius, 16 to 20 Taurus, and 8 to 12 Cancer. Anybody that has any planet in any of those zones is going through major choices and changes late this month. The good thing is after those crucial changes, then we get a whole, which also, by the way, a company trines to Uranus. So it should be very clear, you know, exactly what we need to do. And some of this is just the innovation on the structures of last year when Saturn was in early Capricorn. Then, in the first part of September, we have all the trines from Virgo to Saturn and Pluto and Capricorn, but they also oppose Neptune, and they square Jupiter. And that mutable T-square will either spin things out or help us integrate. And see, this square with the Jupiter square Neptune and all these planets in Virgo are going to be opposing Neptune and square Jupiter – throws the void to Gemini. So we're going to have to be good jugglers and open our mind to many different ways to understand things. All of this primarily affects planets we might have in the middle part of the mutable signs, Pisces, Gemini, Virgo, and Sag, as well as the early parts of the fixed signs, Taurus and Leo and Scorpio and Aquarius. And I've already told you about the rhombus. That's that's putting major pressure on the mid-mutable sectors and early fixed right. sectors. Again, it's going to be activated in the first half of September through the Virgo triggers. It's a generic friction, plus what I was talking about, the drifting, the disorientation. But there's also kind of, I think, a need for a sense of connection in the here and now without getting frustrated right. or distracted by the things that pull us sideways. Because ultimately the planets and the way that they're distributed right now are in a locomotive pattern, which two-thirds are occupied, one-third's not, and it creates an imbalance. Well, the imbalance can be power if we can just find the right way to compensate to keep everything, again, balanced and moving forward instead of sideways. Mm. So things are out of balance, a bit scattered, very compressed where we have Leo and Virgo. And this crowded house will continue for about eight months as the inners move through Libra, through Taurus. The maximum compression is going to be December, January, February, March, because Mm. this is where all the planets are coming together. So wherever we have those sectors in our map, it's going to be a hugely crowded house. For example, I mean, in December, there's going to be a whole bunch of planets. Scorpio, Sag, Capricorn. Jupiter's going to be in Capricorn. It's going to be trine Uranus. Uh, The inners are all going to conjunct Jupiter. The sun's going to conjunct Jupiter at six degrees of Capricorn. So there's this huge compression of early Capricorn trining early Taurus, which, of course, opens the void in early Virgo, which is why pay attention to everything that you understand and is being stabilized in late August because that's going to set up the ease of flow. 
come That's December why I kept and January. Like something opening in uh, into August. I kept feeling like the opening, uh, more clarity and breakthrough. Now, Robert, what does this compression mean? It, it, it's because all these planets in there. Is it really emphasizing that sphere of activity through that house or houses that are being activated? Is that well? Usually, all the planets aren't in such a tight compression. We okay. have not experienced this bundle in decades. Mm. I mean, maybe a few mm-hmm. times, but this is like the rarest of configurations to have everything wow. compressed in a really short area. It's one thing every mm-hmm. year when the planets go through Scorpio and Sag and Capricorn Aquarius in our charts. We, you know, we go right. through that every year. So we have our right. responses to that on a yearly basis. Almost never are you going to find a situation where, like, for example, in January, there's going to be a big conjunction at 23 Capricorn of the Sun, Mercury, with Pluto. All of them are going to conjunct right there on the Sabian symbol of rewards for our courage and bravery. So this begins a period of rewards for all of us wherever we have 23 Capricorn based in whatever courageous battles we've persevered in in 2018 and 2019. And in this sense, pay attention to December 13th and 14th. Mark that one because that's when Venus conjuncts Pluto. And it's the first one. It's like Venus heralds that Sun-Mercury-Pluto conjunction in the middle of January. And see, by then, Mars has moved up into Sagittarius. And there's a lot of planets in January in Sag, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. So again, wherever we have those four signs, we're going to have Sun, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. I mean, all Mm -hmm. of them are going to be in that span. And see, by February... Mars moves into Capricorn and trines Uranus, and it activates the energy of all those previous conjunctions with Jupiter. And all of those previous early Capricorn trines to Uranus, they all get activated by Mars in February. And that's when everything will be within 120 degrees. Two-thirds of the signs will be unoccupied. One-third will be occupied. Wow. So we're going to have everything crammed into our Capricorn through Taurus sectors. So like in my case, it's the 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th houses. I'm probably going to have a huge amount of activity going on in that sector of my life. So wherever mm-hmm. it falls, you know, like like for a Scorpio or a Scorpio rising, it's going to fall from like their third house to their seventh house. And for somebody mm-hmm. like a Libra, it's going to be their fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh houses. So you see, it's going to be this big thing where everything we're going through is going to be involving lessons in those areas. Now, by March, we fulfill this transition zone in time, and at that point, All the planets are in in the shortest span between mid-Capricorn and early Taurus. It's only 110 degrees. That's about as narrow as you could get 10 planets Mm -hmm. into. 
110 degrees. That's ridiculously narrow. So you could see there's going to be a lot of action going on in our sectors there. And so they're in a very small span. And March is the next big series of conjunctions. Mars conjunct Jupiter at 23 Capricorn, the rewards degree. So all those rewards that are being set up by life and mind, by the sun and Mercury conjunct Pluto in January, that's going to be activated in March during the Mars-Jupiter conjunction. Then we have a Mars-Pluto conjunction at 25 Capricorn. We have a Jupiter-Pluto conjunction at 25 Capricorn. And March ends with the Mars conjunct Saturn at 1 Aquarius, which is the same degree as the Jupiter-Saturn Grand mutation in December. So what that means is that come March 31st, that Mars conjunct Saturn at one degree of Aquarius activates everything needed to begin to launch the 20-year Aquarian cycle in 2021, which is the first air cycle of a 200-year era. So you could see we are just rocking and rolling down to a whole new era, but with all the conjunctions in Capricorn, we have to take responsibility. We really Mm -hmm. do. We have to become spiritual adults. We have to learn to take responsibility for what we can do and what we can't do. We have to have the wisdom to know the difference. We have to know when we're being controlled in an unhealthy way and when we need to take on training when we need to take on Mm -hmm. a good training discipline. So not because we know what's going on right now, but because we need to be ready for whatever it is we're going to have to pick up and deliver down the line. You know, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that if we really knew that we had to play Carnegie Hall in exactly 12 months, we wouldn't be messing around today. We would immediately right. get into training, and we wouldn't get impatient if we had trained for three or six months and somehow we're not on stage. We would be grateful right. for the extra training time so that we could be ready when we get the call. That's mm-hmm. the thing. And, and we talked about this. It was either last time or the time before. One of the most important things in the coming era is not, it's not survival of the fittest. It's survival of those who learn to think in the future. And that if we can anticipate what's coming, then we can get ready. And again, I use the same metaphor. Life is a lot like surfing. You're out there on your board and you're waiting for that swell. The thing is, is once you feel that swell, you have to get prone on the board and start paddling. You have to get some momentum Mm -hmm. going. So that when that wave comes and it will lift you and your board up, then you can get on your feet and have a good ride. But if you don't do mm. your paddling and get the momentum, that wave's just going to roll right under you. So all mm-hmm. of life is pretty much about us being willing to take the initiative to learn new skills and new attitudes and new responses that will prepare us to be our spiritual self in the future. We can't do anything about the past, and we can't really anticipate what's coming. But what we can do is right here, right now, do the best we can to train to be the best we are so that when the time comes and and we're ready to do not just the dress rehearsal, 
we're ready to get on stage and do what we have to do. Now there's I've been calling it the things. slingshot. Do you think that's going to happen with the aspects that this year as things start going more direct, or is it, or is it in waves? Some of it is this year by what you're seeing aspect-wise and, and next. As I see this, we're under a great compression, and that compression mm. will expand this time next okay. as all of the inner planets. But we're not going to overcome the fact that we had all these conjunctions in Capricorn because that yeah. set yeah. the Sun-Pluto year into motion, the Mercury-Pluto year into motion, the Mars-Jupiter two years into motion, Mars-Pluto two years into motion, Jupiter-Pluto 12 years into motion. Okay, so you've got long wave two to 12 year cycles that are all going to be set into motion next March. So those cycles are going to dominate March of 2020 to March of 2022. Plus, Mm -hmm. if you think about it, okay, we've got all these Capricorn conjunctions showing that that's energies there, but then we also have two major Aquarian conjunctions, Mars, Saturn, and Jupiter, Saturn. And they will play out on the social and cultural level beginning in the spring of next year, but more importantly, Mm -hmm. dominate the 20 years from 2021 on. And so what happens is we have the Jupiter, Saturn, and the Mars, Saturn, both as fused points at one Aquarius, that enlisting in a great vision. Well, remember, we have a whole bunch of transits of Aquarius that are going to go on in early 2021, immediately jump-starting the Mars, Saturn, and Jupiter, Saturn into the world of personal affairs because that's what the Sun, Mercury, and Venus are about. So we're we're headed full we are so Saturn is that in goes into um, Aquarius. It leaves when is because it does. It seems like it, things getting more personal. Okay, Saturn enters Aquarius at the end of March. It gets up oh, okay. to the very important uh, thunderstorm degree in yeah. May. Two degrees of Aquarius. Then it retrogrades back into Capricorn. Capricorn, okay. And then it moves forward in December where Jupiter catches up to it. Right. So and then Pluto, there's a lot yes, of yes. action going on. And see, yeah. what's so cool about this is that up to now, Pluto's laid the seeds down, and now Jupiter and Saturn are going to work with those Plutonic and Capricorn seeds. But what mm-hmm. happens after Mars, Saturn, and Jupiter, Saturn fuse one degree of Aquarius as a hot spot, wait until Pluto goes over that. That is going to be yeah, the, know, right? of the seeds of the age of Aquarius. Yeah. And that's going to last for 20 years. We're going to sprout a bunch of seeds. And that's why I say I think that, you know, because Neptune dream, Uranus awakened it when it went through Aquarius. Neptune dreamed it into the consciousness when it was in Aquarius. When Pluto goes in, it's going to sprout all those seeds. And it's also mm-hmm. going to wipe out everything that is not Aquarian left over from mm-hmm. the Piscean cycle. So that then by the time that we hit mid-century, that's when we'll really start experiencing much more of the Aquarian age, which will be interdependence and the greatest good for the greatest number. And it's going to be (laughs) systems rather than isolated functions, which is biospheric, it's electromagnetic, it's spiritual. I mean, we are linked Mm -hmm. with other people in our spiritual groups 
by invisible webs of light and life and electromagnetism. And we're going to become more and more aware of our connectedness and the way of using energy uh, synthetically and synergetically, that we're going to really mm-hmm. start understanding that how we combine certain meditational energetics can create some pretty spectacular results, whether in terms of helping affect weather patterns or curing people of disease yep. a thousand miles away. I mean, we can I do all so, that coming anyway. Together with now, but do it'll you be see, more recognized I then. Yeah, I was just going to say, it feels like we've been grounding this energy uh, through all the, you know, the, the Capricorn uh, aspects and you know, Uranus moving into Taurus. It seems it's been grounding, but it sounds like next year we get start to peek at it to see the energy or the interconnectedness and the working. It seems like it becomes more, maybe more in the consciousness, everyday consciousness of this awareness and to use it. Yeah. You know, the Aquarian cycles that are beginning is going to start bringing much more of an Aquarian energy into collective consciousness where it's, it's been, again, awakened and dreamed, but it hasn't really okay. been made manifest because of the dominance exactly. of Pluto and Capricorn and Neptune and Pisces and all the drifting stuff and the grand irrationality keeping everybody wondering, how come things are so crazy? How come things don't make any yep. sense? That's why I always put on my site, and my, it may not make sense, but it doesn't have to. What matters is we learn how to navigate it. You know, and not get oh, caught well, in ain't it Woo! awful, ain't it awful, ain't it awful. Everyone a, listen to that. It's not going to make sense. It's, that's what we have to get, we have to get, uh, wrap our mind around. It's like, it doesn't have to make sense. It's, it's out of the ego realm of computation. So there's three things that um, I want to I bring up. They're not exactly related to this, but they really are. And one is the okay. backstory. In fact, two of them involve the backstory. In fact, three of them involve the backstory. So these may help everybody understand what's been going on in past years that has led us to being where we are right now. And I'll begin this final section by saying Mercury will be retrograde in Scorpio in November. It goes retrograde at the same degree as it went stationary direct last December. And the thing is, is late Scorpio has been a huge area of action for us for the last five years, even though it has worked almost more indirectly than directly. So it's not an obvious Scorpio energy, but it's a pervasive Scorpio energy. And the thing is, Saturn went stationary retrograde at 24 Scorpio back in 2014. Then Jupiter went stationary retrograde at 24 Scorpio in 2018. And in the middle of the two, Mars went retrograde at that degree in Scorpio in February to July of 2016. It just went back and forth. It was in Sag, remember, and then it went back to Scorpio and then went Mm -hmm, forward again. mm -hmm. So since 2014, we've had Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars all focused on late Scorpio and particularly the degree that involves using inspiring experiences and teachings to transform our everyday lives. We've all been under a five-year scorpionic mandate to use our truth, our inspiration, what we know, what we've been through, our spiritual realizations to transform our everyday lives. 
And that means we have all been healing the gap between our higher self and our lower self since then. And it's involved magnetics. It's been about what we have abandoned. It's been about what we've accepted. It's been about what we've purified. It's been about how we've learned to handle loss and how we've learned to overcome uh, difficult or stuck situations. It's been about learning not to allow old resentments to camp out in our mind. It's been about, you know, really mastering the power of the serpent force, whether, whether obviously or not obviously, whether through just ego stuff or through spiritual practice. We've all been learning how to manage the eternal self mm-hmm. coming through our personalities for better or for mm-hmm. worse. And so, I mean, all of these scorpionic things have been activating late Scorpio on our chart for almost five years. So this can help you understand why a lot of stuff had to be purified and why you've had to walk the talk. Not you personally, right. but generically, we well, all had to yeah, walk Yeah, all of us in our own know? way, wherever our, little, wherever our walk yeah, yeah. was a little wonky. Yeah, every single <laughs> one of us has had to live our inspiration one way or the other. Now, second thing, backstory. We're still recycling and shedding skins from eclipses. We, we have yeah. solar eclipses that are just lighting up our charts all over the map. Okay, the most recent one, 11 cancer. Something is being shut down and recycled in that part of our life. The lunar eclipse at 25 cancer Capricorn, we're all having to accept a certain responsibility, a certain grace, a certain blessing, or a certain power. Now, other uh, solar eclipses that are still active, they fell at 10 and 21 Virgo, 9 and 19 Pisces, 19 and 29 Leo, 29 Aquarius, and 16 Capricorn. So think about it. Wherever we have Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces, wherever we have Cancer, Leo, and Virgo – We've had a whole bunch of eclipses that are shutting down and recycling a lot of life material in those areas. And because nature abhors a vacuum, every single one of those old patterns that's being removed, we get to fill that area of our life with new material more appropriate to who we are now. Mm. So if things are slipping away, ending, don't lament. See, if necessary, see the humor in it. See the irony in it. See the fact that you can't hold on to a fistful of pennies and reach out and get those $100 bills being offered to you. If you hold on to a toxic relationship, you're not going to be able to welcome the beloved because the beloved Mm -hmm. doesn't want to hang around somebody who's toxic. Okay, Mm -hmm. beloved doesn't want to compete with toxicity. If you don't know that the beloved is better than the toxic thing, then you're obviously not ready for the beloved. And that's where I think people get freaked out. You know, they want to know something that's going to be certain in the next era, and they don't want to let go of the comfortable hell that they're familiar with to take a gamble on just sitting still and waiting for heaven to be made manifest. Exactly. That's the sitting. That's I think that's been the hardest. I mean, I when it started happening to me, I 
tried to change things, and then I just went with it. I've been telling everyone, just get still. Don't try to push something. Because if, if we don't have the shift in consciousness, we're just going to attract the same thing. And that's what I'm hearing and what you're saying and what I've been seeing is it's about shifting the consciousness so you don't want the toxic career or job or office or corp- or the toxic relationship. You exactly. don't, don't, that no it's, longer it's really even right? not shifting consciousness. It's shifting the ego mind away from being attached Out. to okay. this is bad. I can't let go. I'm afraid. What happens if all the ego mind stuff mm. that has nothing to do with the truth of you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing. Exactly. It's getting, it getting in the way. nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, because it's getting in the way because once you start really, like you said, getting still, just accepting this, there's that deepening process, which you've been talking about with all that, you know, Pluto, Scorpio energy. Yeah. Then it's like ways are shown. But you're right. People, it's like I got to do something. I got to make this happen. But they're doing it from the ego, so it's blocking that higher consciousness. It's blocking the higher self. Um, well, Ego and Robert, you talk about does the real... block the higher self because we are the higher self. If we are the higher in, self, in, yeah. except for those times when the ego messes it up. Yeah. See, yeah. that's we are loving, wise intelligences. We are eternals having a mm-hmm. human experience, but the ego, all that stuff we learned from the family and cultural matrix, at some point we have to step outside of those familiar references. And claim mm. our eternal self on its own terms. Yeah. And, oh, that's and so that usually involves, You're right. You have to. Wh- you talk about that. It is. We're we're stepping out away from those references. And there's for some people they're so locked in they don't even see that they're, you know, reacting or coming from that. So when you're letting go of those references, then you're getting to your eternal self, your higher self. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, your higher eternal self stands behind all of the convenient references that keep us in mental slavery. And that's why mm-hmm. in the tarot, you'll notice in the devil card, it sits on a pedestal which is half-truths and perceptions are half-truths. And those chains around mm-hmm. their necks are big enough they could lift them off anytime they wanted. And we right. can unchain ourselves from perceptual slavery any time we want to step outside of the pre-existing system that keeps us there. But again, yeah. like the Buddha, he had to go over the wall to figure out what's going on. And then when he came back, he was mad at his father, the king. The father said, stay here. Don't go back out there. But the wisdom right. had to go out. The wisdom yeah. could not stay inside daddy's castle any more than we could right. stay inside of our parents' home that we were born in and believe ourselves to be autonomous adults. Because as long right. as we're living under somebody else's rule, then we're not living in our own realm. See, in, right. in our divine right, because we all have Leo Aquarius in us, we all have the king or the queen as an archetype, we're here to be the divine representatives of the divine law in our realm, on our own terms. Mm-hmm. And when we are living the truth of our divine law, our realm prospers. And when we're not living the truth of our divine law, our realm suffers. And it suffers because of the wound of self-betrayal. Heal the wound, stop betraying yourself, and your realm will prosper. And that's any given point in your life. Now, on a lighter note, 
and I wanted to end this one on a lighter note, and this is going to be a homework exercise for everybody that wants to do this. It's going oh, to be fun. Good. Yay. Each year, the sun conjuncts Jupiter in a different sign, which sets the Jupiter light for that whole year. So, this year, in late December, sun will conjunct Jupiter at six degrees of Capricorn, which is a very powerful degree, and that's going to influence our sun Jupiter in 2020. Now, in 2018, in late November, sun conjuncted Jupiter at four degrees of Sag. In 2017, it was at four Scorpio. At 2016, it was at four Libra. In 2015, it was four Virgo. In 2014, it was two Leo. In 2013, it was eight Cancer. And in 2012, it was 24 Taurus. So first of all, there was no Sun-Jupiter conjunction in Gemini in this past cycle. But I want you to look at that because See where those conjunctions fell in your chart, because Mm -hmm. that's where you opened in those houses in those years. And I was doing this in my own chart, my wife's chart. I did this with a few other people's chart. It's amazing because each one of these conjunctions set an opening wherever it occurred. And like, for example, in my chart, the one that happened in... Uh, late October 2017 at 4 Scorpio, well, that fell in my fourth house. Sun-Jupiter conjunction in Scorpio in my fourth house. I had to move out of a house Mm. that had some decaying rot and into a better house. (laughs) Last Mm. year, there was the Sun-Jupiter conjunction at 4 degrees of Sagittarius at the end of November, And that has pretty much dominated my life because that also falls in my fourth house, but it's in the sign of children. And my entire last year has been one of having a really fine adventure in expanding into my new home with a whole lot of time with my granddaughters, one of who has a moon-Saturn conjunction exactly where this Sun-Jupiter conjunction occurs. Oh my God! So, yeah, I mean now yeah, six. So, Cappy, when is this? When does Jupiter? When is it going to do? Um, is that well, December? Sun's going to conjunct, conjunct Jupiter at six Capricorn in uh, late December, twenty nineteen. And so, okay. like that'll fall. I think it's in my fifth house. So it's probably going to be a very Capricorn fifth house next year for me. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. See, people forget that where these yearly conjunctions fall, you know, the Sun and Jupiter and Saturn and Uranus and Neptune and Pluto, Mercury conjunct Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. These are hot spots which begin major spiritual lessons for us in those houses. So it might be like, for example, Mercury's the ruler of my 2nd and 11th, and when it conjuncts Jupiter, the ruler of my 5th and 8th every year, I begin a new 2nd, 5th, 8th, and 11th house cycle that when the sun conjuncts mm-hmm. jupiter every year sun's ruler of my first jupiter's the ruler of my fifth and eighth so every year when the sun conjuncts jupiter i have a different set of those lessons in that house 
related to the rulers of certain houses in my chart. It gives a Mm -hmm. whole different dimension on looking at what's going on on the personal spiritual level in the different areas of your life. So take a look Mm -hmm. back where those conjunctions fell. I think you're going to find it interesting that, for example, wherever you have a cancer, see how you opened up between late June of 2013 and late July of 2013. See how you opened at eight cancer, wherever that is. Wherever you have two Leo, how did you open up between late July of 2014 and late July of 2015? Because you did. In some way you opened Mm -hmm. up. You probably gained through subtraction and you learned from inconvenience, but you learned to play instead of just work, work, work. Because that's the thing, yep. two degrees of Leo. So with, between the summer of 2014 summer of 2015, a lot of us, we couldn't go to school anymore, so we had to learn to play. Mm-hmm. That's been a big theme, the play. Yeah, so anyway, just I thought that that would be something good for the people out there that know their charts and, uh, you know, that they're interested in, um, in figuring these things out. Yeah, get it's worth it to get the chart your chart for, least of all, I mean, first of all, natal, you know, I think is always a must. And then these transits to look because then it to me it helps you not only better understand but prepare what's coming up because these themes are locked in. I mean, if the, the when these aspects happen, you know, it's the higher self saying this is well, what yeah, we're doing because now. This is where <laughs> the times themselves it, it's almost like that these transit aspects the dealer at the casino, they're dealing you the hand. You have to play yeah. it any way you can play it. And everybody gets the same hand, but you don't know how to play it the same way. It's like, you know, you're, you're playing bridge, and everybody gets the, you know, there's ten tables, and everybody's getting the exact same hands, but none of them are going to play it the exact same way. Right. Well, that's, yeah. that's trans. We've got a lot of good input. Robert always gives me hope, especially this upcoming Aquarian Age, hope for future generations. Thank you, Robert. Thank you all that you shared from Tammy. Thank you. Great to have you this time. Great for this gathering. Needy from Australia. Thank you. Michelle. Looking forward to the next one. Yes. Oh, you know, I had a quick, just a very, I think I emailed you this. I didn't even know you were coming on, and the strangest thing happened. I was on my emailing, and then I was clicked on my browser to go somewhere. I kid you not. This, it was. I don't even know what the page was because there was other writing, but in bold text, like twenty point or twenty, it had your initials to your email. And I was like, oh, I gotta, gotta get Robert on. And then a day or two later, I got the you know, email that you were coming on, and I was like, oh, boy. And this information has been so – you're always amazing, but this one really, I think, for so many people, undercuts a lot of confusion and stuff, gives them some great clarity and, you know, tools. I think people, you're going to have to re-listen to this. There's so much information, and to go back, because you can see the progression of where you're going individually um, as well as the collective. So – Spirit, nudge this one together, Robert, as always, for sure. Been fabulous. Just, you know, yeah. I hope everybody checks in at the Aquarius papers. It's just, there's more stuff like on the full moon. I've got three whole articles on that right now. 
course, I'm going to be okay. writing about everything I've talked about today as this stuff comes up. Oh, good. And okay. Because there's so much Capricorn and Saturn and everything, people really should get a copy of my book, Saturn, Spiritual Master, Spiritual Friend. I wrote it specifically yeah, talk about because that. I knew what people were going to be going through. Yeah, right. yeah, just people right. have to go through a lot of Capricorn stuff and they're navigating how to use Saturn wisely instead of being oppressed by Saturn. And that's what that book yeah. was really written for. So we, we could really make our own spiritual master as our spiritual friend and come into spiritual adulthood. Beautifully put. I look forward to the next time, Robert. Please, when you can, come back, you know, schedule with Sadie, come back on. Always love having you on the program. Uh, you're just enlightened joy and wealth of insight and information and really, really appreciate it. Thanks for being on the program. Well, thank you and mahalo. Mahalo. All right, everyone, that was Robert Wilkinson. You can find out more information about him by going to AquariusPapers.com. He's also the um, author of two great books to have, uh, I think, you know, handbooks to have in your repertoire, if you will, uh, A New Look at Mercury Retrograde, as well as Saturn, Spiritual Master, Spiritual Friend. Um, but both of those can really help you a lot on your path to gain not just clarity, but also to help to navigate. Um, again, the books were A New Look at Mercury Retrograde and Saturn, Spiritual Master, Spiritual Friend. And if you can find out more information and connect with Robert uh, for readings, he does uh, charts uh, as well, AquariusPapers.com. Oh, this is great. great. What a great co-creation with all of you. I love connecting with you all every Wednesday. For more information, you can go to a awakeningspodcast at gmail.com or visit me at fullplayground.life if you'd like to. Until then, continue to shine your light, share your insight, and of course, keep awake. I'm getting Awakenings broadcast every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Archive shows available on iTunes. For continued awakened conversations and insights, join the Awakenings group on Facebook. And check out Michelle's blog at soulplayground.com. And keep awake. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.